hello friends. This is an Apple Music interview version of the world-famous Emo Dad podcast. What does this mean? No music. Why? Apple doesn't let us play songs. Does it sound a bit weird when we introduce a song and nothing happens? Nah. But, you know, you still get the conversation and all the good times. For the full version, switch on over to Spotify and search Emo Dad. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Good, yeah, Matt, Matt decided to book this over the second half of a very exciting football-slash-soccer game for James. So James is trying not to get distracted and trying to ignore the fact that things are happening on a TV over there. Not looking at it. Just pause it and then go back to it afterwards. No, because I don't have that, like, capability. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just do it on a stream thing, innit? Um, Anthony, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? How is everyone doing? Good, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, it's a good, it's a good angle for you, Anthony. It's making your like biceps appear massive. I don't know if that's <laughs> a thing, or or if you do... <laughs> yeah, or if you like lifting. Are you into the lifting of it all? Uh, I've I've lifted things before and then dropped them before, you know. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I lift very light things when I have to, like the shopping. <laughs> but that's about, that's about as far as things go around here. That's great. Well, you have hair, so you're good, man. I don't have hair. I have to lift stuff. But, but it is ginger. So it's a double, it's a two-headed sword <laughs> with the, like... The two-headed sword. Yeah, two, yeah, two-headed. Like yeah, two two-headed sword. Yeah, I find I find with the ginger hair, you either get people who like ritually abuse you, which was most of the kids in my school, or of like course. people who were fetishly obsessed. And yeah, yeah, and like at first that sounds great, but right. then when <laughs> you, you experience <laughs> these people are slightly um, unhinged. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Emo Dad podcast. Today we have Poeta on the podcast. Awesome band. You're going to enjoy it. My name is Matt. My name is James. And this is Stella by Poeta. Uh, good. Good or um, am I Am I starting this shindig? Yeah, you are. I'm literally just chilling at the moment. This is <laughs> um okay. Okay, good. Has everyone every everyone feel comfortable? Every everyone good. present. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well let's uh let let's get into it. Um okay, I'm gonna pause for one second and I'm gonna come back in with radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
it can be completely different. <laughs> well, you, like, I always get shit for sounding different when I actually start the podcast. You have a button um... that you press to make your voice different. No, I just I don't know. Pedals think... or something. No, like a guitar yeah, pedal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Effects pedals for my voice. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's just because my brain realizes that it's proper and like like fires up. Um, anyway. Um, we'll probably leave that in because that's kind of funny. <laughs> and so, uh, Anthony, Kevin, and John from Poeta, welcome to the Emo Dad podcast. Thanks, Thanks for that. having us. Thank you. Glad to be here. And um, we're very excited to have you with us. Um, we're going to start with a question we always ask, and we'll kind of do a little rotation. So I will kind of pick on someone to start talking and then we'll work our way around the room or something, if that sounds good. Sure. Sounds good to us. Great. Uh, so the question is, uh, what is your earliest memory of music? And I'm going to John first because he's on that left-ish side of my screen. So my earliest memory... I'd have to say, I think it was um, the artist Enya. Yes. My my mom used to play um, her music for me to get me to go to sleep at night because I, I just wouldn't go to sleep. <laughs> um, and I think that if you listen to um, her earlier albums for like, from like the late 80s and 90s, there's a lot of like synth and like backing, like really atmospheric stuff. And I think that that has like been such a foundation in why I like putting that kind of style in music today. Um, and that's one of the earliest things I can remember is listening to Enya's. Um, I forget what album it is, but it's one of it's one of like the early like the late eighties ones. But uh, that would be my my first thing I can remember. Amazing, uh, and she is still at it. I see on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Good for her. Um, and Kevin, how about you? Um, I would have to say probably one of my earliest memories involving music is probably like riding around in my dad's like Oldsmobile and the radio like hanging out of like the socket and we're just like listening to Ozzy Osbourne. And, there, and like it was such a like shitty car that we, he would have to like pull into the driveway so slow and bump into the garage to come to a complete stop yes. <laughs> but yeah man anytime we rode around in that in that oldsmobile man we were just listening to ozzy and it was just i would always tell him like put on like a shot in the dark or bark at the moon like those are my two songs that i would just gravitate towards when i was younger so but uh yeah yeah that's probably my oldest memory uh amazing i also think i think i think the car my dad bought about three years ago was the first car that didn't have like a stereo like attached to it with like green gardening wire and like, duct tape <laughs> something about dads from the 70s and 80s who just yeah they, they don't understand that the stereo is comes in the car no i will attach it myself yeah we yeah dude like it was just fun. one of those things just <laughs> hanging out hanging out of this like the front console area wasn't even in there i was like oh man yeah 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 sounds about right um <laughs> let's go to anthony uh there there is it so much cooler than mine is mine is um <laughs> i was like seven and my dad like signed me up for piano lessons and then made me play and anytime i wasn't playing he would just like barge in my room and be like 
go practice. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I hate this so much. Um, but like, I never was never like big in the music as a kid, honestly, until I was like a lot older. Um, but I got to touch on John with the Enya thing real quick because it just answers so many questions about John right now. Understanding. <laughs> <laughs> so the album is a uh, watermark. If you listen to that album, it's from 1988. Um, I'm gonna listen to that album today, or, all the way through. Or, Orinoco Flow, Storms in Africa, those songs. Like I would <clears> listen <throat> to that stuff as a child, lay there in bed, and like I'd create like these scenarios in my head of like being like a superhero, and that was like the background music for it. It was always so like up and down, very emotional, and I would like create these stories in my mind of being of like saving some girl or you know being the hero or something. And um, I feel like that the atmospheric stuff was stuff I always gravitated towards and thinking about it now, that would probably be for me, the the first band I could think of that the first group that I could think of that I listened to. I remember in my twenties and like getting, you know, too loaded and sleeping over and John putting on like Tycho, like instrumental music to go to bed. And I was always like, this is so cool that he puts on like instrumental stuff to go to bed (laughs) and stuff. And it's, from his inner child needing that as a child. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm absolutely obsessed with this. So I think as as a group and with our listeners, we should listen to Orinoco Flow by Enya. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we are, Buck. Yeah, we are. That's exactly yeah, what we're I'm gonna, doing. I'm we're gonna have playing to write this Enya one down. on uh, Emo that podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> good times. Um, so let's, let's go back around the room and let's do like the kind of like the first band or group that you got into that was kind of in the alternative or punk scene. So if we start again with Enya John and I'm, I'm very excited to see where this is going to go. Uh, that's easy. Uh, Blink-182. Okay. That was, that was easy. Yeah. Do you remember how you? you found blink was it mtv or the now internet? that's what i call music volume four i think uh they had a song on there and oh. i think i think all the small things was on there and i may be wrong though, but i'm pretty sure that was where it was right. definitely one of those like sampler cds back in the day like one of those like big hit <clears throat> albums um i found them on there and then i found and it was uh i had an i had a friend who the, the friend who got me into playing guitar, his older brother was a Blink fanatic and he would learn all the songs on guitar and we would just sit in his room and sing them. We were we were like nine years old, but we would just sit there and sing the songs like um, the three of us and he would just play them on guitar and he was probably like 14. Um, so Blink was like the first band for me that really like drove me to see like how riffs are played, like um, Anthem Part 2, Damn It, like all that stuff. Like once I learned those, it was like game over. And then I had to get the boss distortion pedal and that was it. I was just, I was just in there. So blink for me, was it? Was it just the standard boss or did you go metal zone? So at first I had the, um, my uncle actually gave me the, uh, the the HM2. He had a heavy metal pedal. Um, But my friends back then, they were like, that's not a real distortion pedal. It doesn't say distortion on it. So that was a big, a big conspiracy within my friend group um, back in the day. And turns out those are pretty sought after at this point. So I wish I still had that. But um, yeah, I ended up just getting like the Boss DS1, the classic after that. And, you know, that was that was the sound. Amazing. 
Um, let's go to Kevin. Uh, so I kind of like it's kind of hard to pinpoint because it was always it's almost like everything kind of blended into each other. So I kind of started obviously with my dad with the heavy metal music uh, and the uh, hair metal and eighty stuff, and then like I guess when I started hanging out with my cousins more is when I started diving into some of the other stuff that everybody else was listening to. We started playing like Tony Hawk's like underground and, and, uh, and stuff like that. So I, I'd, I'd probably say like, I went from like, this is weird. Cause I went from like Slipknot, Mudvayne, Marilyn Manson into like Silverstein, Hawthorne Heights and Bayside. So it was really weird and there's no way okay. to pinpoint that transition, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then okay. in the middle of all that, like, you know, my mom's listening to her music. And so, like, in the car, I'm bumping to, like, Michael Jackson and, and you know, like, all those all those uh, collections of CDs that you would see on the infomercials, like, love songs from the 80s. And, like, you know, I'm listening to a ton of <laughs> Foreigner and shit like that. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird Amazing. to pinpoint, but I'd probably say to kind of get into that alternative and, like, emo uh, music was probably when I started hanging around my cousins and we started just, like, jamming. That's kind of around the same time I started, like... Uh, playing guitar and starting a band like one of my first bands was with my cousin he was the vocalist and i was the guitarist so yeah very cool it's kind of interesting very classic rock almost upbringing we're starting with the aussie and then still all <laughs> yeah. over it i love Mud it vein. <laughs> well yeah i was just because yeah we, we we all make mistakes um so, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not true i've no idea what this i cannot picture mud vein at all <laughs> they, i just they picture them i remember band, them as, as like no that's slipknot no but there was another one was there not another one that uh, mushroom head they wore a lot of mushroom like, head like, for their music oh okay mushroom head that's what i was thinking <laughs> of good times wow that was a rough period and let's let's go over to Anthony. Um, the first song that ever was like like hit me like that was important was uh, "Kryptonite" by Three Doors Down. And in my, yes, yes, my favorite year, yeah. my favorite song ever. And it was on now. That's what I call music volume five. Actually, so it's funny that John brought that up. But um, my first like emo phase was "Hybrid." by lincoln park i would put that on in like my cd player and then like go on family vacations and be like nobody understands me you know while i'm like sitting on <laughs> but the first uh band that made me play guitar like really like oh i'm gonna do this was um link 182 i had to take off your pants and jacket and they're self-titled and i would just put them on and i learned like everything every song like back to front and i would i would pretend i was like doing my own concert and i would like put the guitar on and like look in my mirror like i was a rock star and like both those albums back to front. And I still tell my students to this day, I'm like, look, do that because that's how, like do it with cooler stuff and like, don't stare at yourself in the mirror, but like do it like <laughs> that, like to practice, like just like playing. <laughs> so that's the, I'd credit it really to blank, I guess. Amazing. Well, that feels like, well, that feels like two hits for blank. So it feels like we might have to do a blank song. Does anyone, you got anyone want to pick a preference? You guys didn't want to put a Mudvayne song on? You sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can do it. You, tell you what, tell you what. No, no, no. Tell you what, right? I'm, I'm, tell I'm, you okay. what. No, no, no. You poke the bear. So we, <laughs> if you can name a Mudvayne song, we'll play it. Happy. This is Happy by Mudvayne. And now we're going to play a Blink song because we can't let that hang. So, does any of you guys want to pick a Blink song to play? 
it's a part two that was one of my favorites when yeah yeah nailed it and so that's a good one to pick right this is anthem part two by blink 182 what um uh we so what we love we love asking people who played in bands what their first band was and what their first band's name was because it's always a good time. My first band was when I was 14. It was called Circle, but spelt with an S. So <laughs> Circle. And the logo was like it was like a, a, a tie-dyed octopus kind of thing. Pretty cool. Pretty cool for 1994. No, wasn't cool at all. Um, <laughs> let's start with John. So the first band that was like a real band I was in was actually with Anthony was when we were in high school. It was like 2009. We uh, we were called Ages of Hire. We spelled A-E-G-I-S. And the Ages, yes. I believe, was like a supposed Angel. to be like a legendary like cape or sword or something like that. And um, that was basically like Ages of Hire. Like it was supposed to be like symbolizing something of like a higher being. Um, and that was that. our... Yeah, that was our first group. We went to a studio, tracked like three songs, and went our separate ways. I don't know. We just never did anything with it. <laughs> um, but that was that was like the first experience I had with like actually having real band practices, going to a studio and tracking. And it was cool because it was with Anthony. And you know, now years later, circle back around, we're back together doing this again. So it's really cool. What was that? Um, what was that first studio experience like? That was crazy because I, I, I never experienced it, but I just went into it, um, not cocky, but just like I, I know what I'm doing. And even like in even when we first started tracking guitar, like I tracked guitar first, and I really should have let him do it first, Anthony do it first because he had done it already. And I don't know, it was just um. I kind of just started getting nervous while I was doing it. I couldn't remember certain parts. I also tracked my parts at like three in the morning and it was just like, we did, we like pulled an all nighter and I don't know. I just like it. Once I got time for me to actually do my stuff, I was just so unprepared and I was just like, wow, like this is, I got to be more prepared in the future when it comes to this, like even just like rest wise, like eat properly. Like it was, it was a, it was a humbling experience. Um, But then time after that, going to another studio, um, you know, I'd I'd taken that experience and brought it with me. So I learned from my mistakes. Um, and I've learned to sit back and watch how other people work and then kind of get into the groove with them that way. So instead of just going into it full head on, like, okay, this is what we're doing when it's like let other people run the show at their studio, you know, and just kind of <laughs> go that way. So I, I we all learn, you know. Yeah, I just love that confidence. Just walking into somebody's like place of business where they've been working for twenty years and just being like, "You guys know nothing." Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just, yeah, it's just the kind of thing where you just you're just ready to go, and then they're like, "All right, what about this? What about this?" And you're like, "Oh, okay." You know. So yeah, okay. I think you might. Know I was also I was also like eight, seventeen. Exactly. You're a kid, yes. you know. You don't know anything, and then even the this the producer, the engineer, he was probably only like. 25 26 but you know how it those mindsets you know when yeah. you're when you're that age and and then you start working with new artists and um i feel like even just even even like when i started doing self recordings at home i started helping kids around even like my neighborhood there's like a lot of people in this area that do music and um 
it's just it's just interesting to see how people's mindsets are when they first start and then just kind of seeing them change over time, watching them do the whole band experience. And you see a lot of yourself in it and it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Right. But tell you what, we, we have not asked where all you guys are, which is a normal thing that we normally ask, but oh, I, no. forgot. I forgot. So <laughs> where, where are you in the world? Where are you in the world? So we are in, a town called Brick, New Jersey. Um, we're per- pretty much all from around there. It's um, basically like central New Jersey in the United States. Um, what do you guys so think like- of the show Jersey Shore? We're like the bordering town to that show. Excellent. Got it. Yeah, we're like James's bag, that is. Those yeah. sort of shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it. house where that <laughs> house was filmed. Like yeah, love it. We're like... I don't know, Kevin, what are you, five minutes from there? Oh, yeah, I'm probably like five to eight minutes from that. Yeah. Perfect. Great. (laughs) I guess, no, that's good. That's good for us. We can get a nice, good, good, solid picture of that. (laughs) Have any of you guys seen The Only Way is Essex? Which which makes its way across the pond sometimes? No, nothing? Fine. Nope. We can move on because there's no (laughs) reference there. But if you've ever seen that show that I just mentioned that you've never seen, that's a bit like where we live, sort of. Probably not. Okay, moving on <laughs> from fantasy things. Um, Kevin, uh, what was your first uh, <clears throat> ba- band experience like? And the name of your first band. Let's not forget that. Uh, so that's the, the my name, favorite thing. The name of the first band was A Perfect Day for Arson. And incredible. <laughs> <Absolutely> <laughs> I didn't even have I didn't even have uh, a guitar strap yet. So <laughs> there's the videos on YouTube if you look it up uh of us playing in a basement and like two kids moshing in the basement and i have a a shoe lace as my strap <laughs> and a sock for like comfort so my Incredible. shoulder doesn't start hurting uh so yeah that was what my first experience was like in a band <laughs> yeah and we just played music we wrote like three originals never recorded them and played to those two kids in the basement all the time and that was it amazing <laughs> that's the most punk yeah there you go there's the true <laughs> spirit of punk rock there you go man dude yeah. honestly yeah there was like blood spatter on the ceiling because the drummer's nose ended up bleeding one time and he just yeah. didn't stop playing and kept hitting the snare and that was up there for years so who who were the two kids <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like were they like actual being, fans uh well one of them they were just like a, a friends to the to the band like we we're all okay like friends. friends hanging out and shit like that so they weren't even real fans i guess they're just people hanging out and being stupid with us so well, look every, everyone needs those guys every band yeah. needs those guys that's very important <laughs> to the whole um to the whole process Highly yeah it really gave us life you know yeah 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 for sure <laughs> Um, and let's go to Anthony, your, your first band, sir. Uh, my first band was a band called A Man's All. And it was just like, um, it was kind of original sounding for 16-year-olds. Uh, not like in a great way, but um, I, I guess it was kind of like AFI a little bit. And then um, after that, um, that lead singer got replaced by Kevin, actually. Like, I don't know. 13 or 14 years ago so that's how i met kevin and then after that i had the band with john so it was pretty uh been working with both of these guys for a long time amazing 
So fun so. fact about the original singer for A Man's All is that he features in Nine Tails on the Stella Luna record. Oh yeah, okay. and he ended up being my vocal teacher. Amazing. So small world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. We we definitely want to ask about all those collaborations later. We got a question about that because it is fascinating when people have like <laughs> so many collaborations on their record, and I think that's really cool. Um, mm. So how how did the current band come together? Uh, uh, so <laughs> yeah, you got it. Um, basically, I just I I well the guitarist from A Perfect Day for Arson was starting another band later on down the road and uh he ended up uh recruiting george powell which is our original drummer um and so we ended up all jamming together and me and george were like let's do something different so we kind of like left that and uh i brought in my friend uh sean he didn't even know how to play bass uh we kind of just loosely taught him how to play like just play this and don't do anything else and it worked for a little bit <laughs> and uh you know and then i i asked anthony if he wanted to join and it was just one of those things where it didn't work out um as far as scheduling for the first couple times and the boys were like if you know if he doesn't want to join the band like it's cool and i was like no he has to be in the band like he has to be in the band uh so i was pretty persistent on that and then eventually he came through we practiced um and it was just we went on from there you know and we didn't look back we wrote the golden fields record um in george's grandma's garage uh which was awesome she was super supportive um every sunday um letting us you know wreak havoc in the garage for a long time uh so that was that was awesome but yeah that's basically how we started to make a long story short or long when you um the first time you guys got together, did you discuss like what kind of music you want to do or or bands that would be influences or starting points? I think we were really all over the place. And I think everybody kind of came into it with different expectations. And then right. eventually we just started like taking material that someone had put out. Like I had like uh, some stuff for like Sweet and uh, Green and Blue and uh then you know anthony had some stuff uh written and we just kind of combined and mishmash and he reworked a lot of the stuff and, and uh eventually we just became who we are there was really not like a sit down discussion and be like we want to sound like this band we want to sound like that band it was really just like uh j just writing whatever we felt like writing and then going from there perfect what I was trying to do and I failed to do is to find a band to play to link to the next part of our questions, but I failed to do that because you didn't give me any bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, who? Okay, what, what, when, um, what year of our Lord would this have been when you guys got together, like 2016? I think 2015 is when we started, and I think we released the record in 2016. But uh, okay. yeah, 2015, I'd say, would be the, the year we kind of started first jamming. Okay. And was there any kind of music that you were especially obsessed with in 2015? I was, for uh, sure. Yeah. With a band called um, Volumes and Era. They were, like, really heavy bands, and I'm still obsessed with, like, those two bands. Um, 
and back then it was tough because it was like we weren't a metal band so it was like how do i take these influences and make it like personally like mm -hmm. if i was going to write something or create a part for the for the poeta like how, how do i how do i take what i really really like and make it that um so i could really only do it like rhythmically and like chord chord progression wise like i couldn't really take like the, that job the genres like um like the tone of that genre really so it was more like uh that was a sick rhythm they did i like how they you know did that or um you know oh i love how uh, for that chorus like they went soft there like i can go relatively soft you know so it was like taking influences like that creatively especially because kevin had to sing and play so that was limiting and then our bassist sean was really new to the game so it was like how do how do you make something cool that's groundbreaking when you had when you have limits on you and that was a first very frustrating and then it became like this is this is challenging like but this is interesting to me like let's do something with this you know that's so interesting because you can like I was wondering where that, because I can hear the metal rhythm and the metal rhythms in it and some of the underpinning stuff. And that's one of the things that really attracted me to it. And also, I have no idea how you play and sing those parts, by the way. Not a clue. You must have. <laughs> uh, I don't know how your arms connect to your body and your head. Doesn't make any sense to me. Bonkers. Um, but let's go on to that in a minute. Um, could you could you introduce us to Volumes and Air, one of those bands with a with a song that we could play for everybody? Can you play um, Drift by Era? That's like the one that I was most inspired. Like just that to whole create. album was so good. Yeah, that whole right. album was so good. We can do that. This is oh. Drift by Era. Is that E R A? Two R's. To, of course it is right <laughs> it's not metal enough unless we have two r's yes As, unless there's a this is a heavy misspelling where you can do oh i better so they can do like like a viking script or something with those r's <laughs> that's what if it was me that's what i would do so it's all like like hey it's like that like straight lines like metal so you could as if you've scratched it across your skin with it's a like knife metal. Um, sorry, I'm quite excited, over excited tonight. I'm, I'm going to pass over to Buck so I can shout for a bit. Go and, uh, it's go all yours, Mr. Go and lay down for a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're we're getting on to debut album Golden Fields, um, which came out in 2017. The internet tells me. I think so. oh, um, it was it 2017? Oh, shit. Yeah, I think it was. 16 was. It's what your Spotify is telling me um so yeah. what was the the writing process like for that album is is someone sort of does someone take lead or how do you guys work when you write a song if you want to take this one anthony uh, okay. yeah yeah sure um at first it was like can you guys hear me am i breaking up no we can hear you um i think it's for that album it was cool we wrote it we wrote a lot of it in person which is great in george's grandma's garage it was the only spot we had um so it was like a lot of reworking songs together and then it really came to like when i found out how to record um i think i had a lot of free time and i just any idea that came was just kind of recording it and then i would send it over and they would you know a lot of times be like you know yes we'll we can use this or no we can't 
but um it was never it, it was always collaborative after that so i think it turned into like the first album kevin actually had a lot of ideas first which were cool and then i got to come in and like work with those ideas and what we can do and find a genre <coughs> um, and now kind of it's it's yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's that's kind of how we say. I mean, we worked a lot of songs a lot of times in person and we kind of made sure they really worked in person, which was destructive at first and, and frustrating because it was like, oh, we finally have this idea. Then you bring it to light. And then it's like, damn, that did not work out the way we wanted it to work out. So <laughs> we only ended up by the time we recorded with like with like seven full songs. And then we, we like made an interlude in the studio um, and we could have done more. But I think we were just kind of like just pick the best ones um and it kind of turned into like i think i just again i have i had such a passion for writing and we and we all found our spot that i i think i was always kind of like look i have this idea and kevin would always like he'd come over a lot and he'd be like what can we what can we do with this i don't like this i do like this we can do this how i wrote this why don't we combine these so it was very like very 50 50 on me and kevin for that first album i'd say and then all the all lyrics and melodies are or him um and then george george was great he kind of would just like jam to whatever you know we came up with so i'm always interested in um in like band politics and stuff like that so how do you guys deal with a situation where someone brings something in and you don't like it or it doesn't work or whatever are you guys just quite honest with each other or is there like um you know you have to have to be nice and not upset anyone's feelings which is hard when you're in an emo band i guess <laughs> I, think, I think there's this <laughs> i think there's a strong belief <clears throat> a core belief in the band that no matter what's brought to the table there's something cool that can be taken from it yeah so we always give everything a very honest listen um and we also kind of have a strong grasp as to what is uh, i guess acceptable to present for poeta so Usually anything that's presented is like, yeah, we can work with that and do something with it. And we're definitely big on demoing out every idea and song and and seeing if it works at the end of the day. There were a couple songs for the Stella Luna album that didn't make it, you know, or renditions or versions of certain things, you know, that just didn't make it. Um, but not because we didn't like them. It just didn't fit that, you know, that world of for that album um so yeah i mean is if, if we don't like something um i think it's like i think it's usually like okay well i don't i don't know if that works but let's try this and it's usually inspired by the thing that we don't like and then we usually find you know um we find something that that we can take from it so it's it's usually never like a complete like we show something something uh you know something <laughs> to the band and they're just like it fucking sucks don't ever show that to me again um <laughs> get out you're, you're sucked <laughs> yeah it's never it's never like that and, and i think we're we're you know we're we're close enough to where we can we can rag on each other sometimes you know what i mean and in in kind of like an inspiring way like oh well you can do so much sicker than that or you know, something like that you know what i mean but it's never it's never belittling or anything so has said that to me before like like uh dude that's not your best like that's not your best <laughs> and it's and it, that is the best feedback in the in the world like because it, it's like a brother telling you like hey 
like that's not your potential you know like it's very enabling to have somebody just like everything you do that's stupid that's this that's a pointless in my opinion you know you want someone to push you and i've definitely never had my feelings hurt i don't think kevin has you know i think it's always like uh just want it to be the best you can be and do you consider um so when you're writing songs when you're putting songs together or even when a song is written and recorded do you ever get that moment of it's kind of refers back to what james just said like shit how the hell are we going to play this live <laughs> oh you ever... and and you at that? first before the i i used to be big personally on like no backtracks live like we're not doing any of that stuff live we got to be and then then it became to like nah like the backtracks are a real game changer so now it's now it's less like oh my god how are we going to do this it's like we are going to do this. What What is the way that we're going to do this? You know. Yeah, you kind of just lock in, and, and there's just no other choice. You have to do it. So you're just like, we have to. That's the goal, and that's all it is. You know. It's interesting you mentioned backtrack. So what what kind of uh, parts of a song would you have on a backing track? Um, for example, like if there's uh. <clears throat> like synth that really brings out a part or like these sort of like uh um for example like in the song seraph at the end there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening whether it's vocally or um with the the extra instruments and stuff like that so as far as the synth we 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 like to recreate that atmosphere um i think that's something that we're pretty big on as far as in our writing process is creating atmosphere and kind of like a backdrop for the song like usually if you close your eyes you can kind of envision something uh, whether it's like a scene from a play or something that you can kind of just imagine um similar to what john would say you know if, when he was listening to music like you know super, being a superhero or something you can imagine something there's some sort of emotion uh that brings that out of you um so so yeah cool i'm glad you said that um the the reason <laughs> we you, you guys i'm sure you know the band meet me at the altar Oh yeah. Um, yes. We, we, me and James saw them last summer, and they went big time with the backing track, like, and they just they don't they're good musicians. They don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like guitars and stuff. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, it's it's usually it's usually like the uh, the extra stuff that we put into a song. Yeah, as right. Far as like the, the um, and all that stuff. Like, like the fifteen piece like choir or whatever. You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it. But like you know, as far as instruments and whatnot, we definitely we we want to keep that as authentic as possible, and to the point where if we don't, if like for example, backtracks just aren't working that night. We could definitely play set and not need them. Uh, that's good. That's point. The, the biggest goal for sure. Are you guys still just carry- it, you know? Oh, are you guys still carrying amps around, or have you moved on to the magic box? Ask John in- that. Oh, John, <laughs> yeah. John, t- 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 tell us. I do, we, all I can see is darkness. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have a. <laughs> <You're> running, <laughs> yeah, I'm running. Uh, Why the darkness? To- void. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've always gone b- between, you know, what's better, tube amp, what's, or should I use the, the fractal stuff? And I've been using the Axe Effects for the last like 10 years, and oh, I've always had good results right. with it. And um, sometimes I use a real cab. There's been other times where we just use, uh, you go direct in at like a bigger, bigger type of show where like a warp tour setting or something like that. 
um i'd say that's like the best to just go direct in if it's a smaller type place though like um you know somewhere where there's people maybe up close to the stage or if you're playing like a just like a a smaller a smaller venue i'd say cab might be better off just because then you get that real feel if they're up close to it but if it's like a huge place by all means like i think di is is the way but um i think it's all there's all good aspects of all of it one's not better than than the other and a lot of times um you i find that i change my mind of what i want to use it's like the weather you know some days i want to oh. just use an an amp with no effects and just go right in and get that real amp tone. Other days I want my whole Axe rig and I want to be able to use every tone I can imagine, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think for us as punters, so we, we went to a festival last year, which I guess was the first festival since the pandemic and like pre pandemic. Um, when the band changes over, all the lads are pushing their amps on. You know, they're pushing off one Marshall stack and another one's coming behind it. It's exactly the same, but don't touch my settings. So it comes up onto the stage. And then post-pandemic, there's just one fella walking on with a little box. <laughs> and then... Which no plug, one knows how to use. No one knows what it is. They plug <laughs> stuff into it and then they all stand around it, clicking switches, and then they're off. And it... it we, we felt as I guess older men, we found it weird that the stage is like empty now, apart from this one little box. Um, and I don't, as as musicians, are you like, yeah, so much easier, mate. I've just got to carry a little box and I plug into it and it works. Or yeah. is there some kind of mystery lost? I, the... I do that, but I very much am jealous of the people that can do that. Uh, my biggest goal now is simplicity and like, being right. able to carry in a one trip. Um, I have this, I'm way too old school. My guitar teacher was too old school that I feel like I always have to use a tube amp. It's got to be super versatile. I think, in my opinion, like all technology is going to have to be upgraded anyway one day, but I, I do want something timeless. And I just feel like I have to have the amp, but I get super jealous of like the people that can just take their one pedal, go to the show, and they sound amazing. And I'm like, yes. damn it. Why do I have to bring all this shit? To, and that guy has to do that. Um, but it's it's kind of just like a stubborn old soul thing that that per, per my personal thing. But I definitely think that we're at the point with digital effects now that it's like, and and sounds that it's like, you, you know, just, just use that. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Um, anyway, I just went off at a massive tangent. Um, Back on track, Matt. Back, back on track. Um, so, what was the what was your time in the studio like for the Golden Fields album? And who who produced that one? I, I I tried to look online. I couldn't find any evidence of a producer, but I'm sure there was one somewhere. So, um, our time in the studio for the album was actually really, really fun uh, and really relaxing and really comfortable. So comfortable that our bassist almost lit up a cigarette in the studio. <laughs> he was like, I forgot where we were for a second. He was like, I was just chilling. He just started, we were like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, oh my God. So it, it was, <laughs> to that point, it was, uh, it was really uh, a good experience. Uh, we were with a gentleman by the name of Bruce Wagner. Um, he's doing a lot of cool stuff in LA. And I think he changed his name again, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he's now going under the artist name of Bruiser, if I'm not 
if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, so um, yeah, he's got some cool stuff on Spotify. You should definitely check him out. Um, but yeah, he, he was great. He helped us out a lot. He really kind of steered me in a, uh, uh, in a, the correct direction when it came to vocals and helped out with a lot of the um, mapping of the vocals for that, for that record. Um, so without him, I probably wouldn't be uh, half the vocalist I am today. Uh, so that was a really important step in for me as a musician uh, in the process of recording that album. Oh, what does um, mapping out the vocals mean? That sounds cool. <laughs> so basically just the arrangements of the uh, harmonies, like they honestly, a lot of those harmonies aren't just like straight up, like straight up, like, oh, okay, we're going to do like the fifth and the eighth above. Oh, like there's a lot of different colliding like melodies going on there. Um, so he really helps coach me through all of that and uh, kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities of harmonies and how big you can make something um, just with the vocals. Like you don't have to depend on like uh, and a whole orchestra ensemble. Like you can really do some cool things with vocals that, that, uh, you know, lift the song. So. And what was the, the, how was the album received when you released it? Um, friends say it was like the best thing they've ever heard from me they're like finally you're in like a real band but as uh, nice. <laughs> you know and i think a lot of people like they kept right like yeah i mean it's weird like it's kind of uh odd i don't i don't really pay attention to all that stuff like i'm like we release the music and it's cool and we play the shows and i guess people like it because people come out and see us and hang with us but I, I just i don't know i just don't pay attention to it but i have recently actually been having people say you know how much golden fields meant to them or how much you know uh how much they really enjoyed that album and you know when it first came out how often they were listening to it front to back and that really shocked me you know we're talking about when we released the, the album 2017 and 2023 now and now i'm just starting to kind of realize what kind of a, a reception that album really did receive because at the time i was blind to it we were just doing our thing you know writing music playing shows and just going about our business but i never really paid attention to it and now that you know people have been bringing it more to my attention it's just like wow holy shit like people actually really dug this album people listen <laughs> like it's you know just a weird yeah. thing but yeah so that's kind of how i looked at it anyway and you guys played Warp Tour, right? Was that off the back of that album, or? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah it was, it was. Like, which was like the perfect that same year. It was like we released it, I think, that spring, and then that summer we did Warp Tour. If I'm nice. Honest. And what was I that experience so. like? Oh, that was a lot of fun, man. Just like kind of playing with uh, people we grew up listening to, and you know, uh, just going through that experience on that end of the spectrum. Because you know, you go as a fan, but the go and be a part of it as a musician a part of that kind of whole lineup and stuff is just pretty surreal um so yeah i mean we got we were able to get a lot of attention and and playing for people that you know they would come up and be like oh, can we have your autograph and i'm just like dude i'm a nobody man <laughs> like <laughs> when i after this i gotta go back to work <laughs> you know like and uh, in, in my head, I'm like thinking that. And then, you know, you also have like the, the parents coming up to you afterwards and being like, you know, I've been taking my kid here for a couple of years now and you guys are like awesome. And I'm like, that's that's crazy. Like, so to have that kind of variety of people 
um, coming up to you and enjoying that music. I think Warped Tour was such a great opportunity for that to, a possibility for that to happen. And the fact that it did happen was really awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anybody else has anything to say about that. We um, definitely had that a lot from the parents, which was weird. And I've heard that so many times, like someone takes their kid to see us or something. And they're like, you know, usually the bands I take my kid to suck or whatever, but like, you guys, <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. We're like a boomer band. That sucks. <laughs> That's not... But um, no, it's pretty, it's, it's actually really humbling to hear that. And Warp Tour, my biggest memory of Warp Tour was, was the thought of, I, I remember just being like exhausted and being like, wow, touring is a lot harder than I thought it was ever going to be. Um, bands that do this the whole summer or whatever, like, I understand kind of like maybe why a band's a person in a band's like might not seem like the nicest human to a fan. Like a band meets them on a bad day at a bad moment. And they're like, that guy was a prick. And it's like, you know what? Maybe it's just, especially if they're not making that much money and they have to do it. it it's, it's pretty taxing, you know? For sure, for sure. Um, okay, let's play a song from Golden Fields. Have you got any favorites from that album? John, you wanna? You wanna yeah, John, you take a song. Dude, um, just play bl- Blueprints. <laughs> yeah, they're all okay. good. They're they're all good. Uh, yeah, obviously. I, don't know. Yeah. I can't even. <laughs> they're all okay. Sick. Well, let's go for that then. Uh, This is Blueprints of Golden Fields. Okay. So, um, when did you guys kind of sit down and start thinking about album number two? Well, that first track, Nine Tales, was written like directly after Golden Fields was released, maybe even like before. So like, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, and and then 2017. I mean, as soon as Golden Fields came out, like there's there's a lot of riffs on this album, Stella Luna, the second one, that are from that year, you know. So, I know I'm, and we just released that, and I'm thinking about you know album three, like we're already writing. So like we're always in like let's release as much music as possible. It's just hard to get done. Um, as far as it actually becoming like a let's do it, let's do a second album, like, let's sit down and do this. Um, maybe maybe two or three years ago okay okay and did and ham okay so two or three years ago i think there was a big worldwide event that um might have affected a lot of people i have it was definitely a pandemic baby for sure (laughs) maybe some sort of thing um how when that did did that affect you guys as a band i'm assuming it affected you all as people as did for all of us um but what did it sort of stop any activity that you had on at the time or anything it pushed back recording dates is all I and okay. it made re- getting in re- to record like the availability harder. Um, but I think we all kind of took a break from playing at that time anyway. It, it probably okay. is something to do. I don't know. Okay. And then, oh, that's, that was good. That's the whole section James got sort of expecting pandemic stories. Nope, lying through that. No pandemic stories. Um, so, <laughs> um, who did you record Stella Luna with? Bobby Torres from Frightbox, um, which oh. is a lot of rock and metal production. Um, and he's he's a very versatile guy, but that's like a specialty. And I, and I think the one thing on on Golden Fields 
uh, personally was like, um, yo, I love this production. I wish we brought out those rhythm guitars a little more. That's the next album's going to be a little heavier. Let's find someone who can really like go the other way with our production. Mm-hmm. And then now for the next one, we're, we're trying to find someone who's like right in the middle of the two. Mm-hmm. Nice. And were there any kind of um, themes with the writing or with the lyrics? Because to, to me, when I, right, firstly, firstly, let's not forget this album's incredible, lads. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for giving it a incredible. listen. I really appreciate that. Well, more than a listen, my God. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, still, it's still taken over my on repeat section on spotify yeah wow, i really appreciate that guys awesome. thank, thank you, thank you. A... but like for for me this this the old man old man old man rico that i am i it i love an album i love a complete piece of work i love something that has moods that goes up and down and something that i can sink my teeth into and feels like a large larger body of work <clears throat> and that's what it feels like to me so i don't know if that was as you say, it was you kind of had riffs lying around, or were you trying to write something that had moves and peaks and troughs and etc. I'll start with the music and I'll let Kevin go to the lyric part of it because I had I had I had two dogs, one named Stella and one named Luna. And Stella was very is very light and like and fun, and Luna okay. is you know, rest in peace, very dark, and um, she was very emotional, like the moodiest dog ever. So for me like writing the songs that were you know giving off that that light-hearted or like energetic or more positive um were taking the stella side and it was like the sun rising side and then all the songs that were they're all the same tuning they go to drop c for the the next half of the album and they're all a lot darker and they're a lot heavier and luna was a lot heavier and a, a lot deeper of an emotion so it goes from like that Stella, that sun rising to like that that Luna, the, the moon coming up at that point. And it's like a light to dark shift. Um, and then Kevin can speak to the lyrical themes. Yeah, I mean, as far as the, the lyrical themes, there was always, um, whenever he would send over uh, a demo, uh, it would always have like a title to it, whatever it was. And I think a lot of the titles of the demos were what the titles of the actual songs ended up being. But uh, like, for example, like Blossom uh, was sent over with that in the title. And I just remember that sticking with me. Uh, it was a big part, like dialing back in the chorus and all that stuff. Like it, it, I just let the music speak to me. Like I think uh, I watched a Michael Jackson interview and he said something along the lines of uh, far too often musicians get in the way of the music and they don't let the music speak for itself. And so a lot of the times I don't go almost all the time. I'd never go in with like this preconceived emotion that I want to get off my chest. I let the music kind of just bring that out of me. Um, and a lot of the times when people ask me what the songs mean, uh, the meanings kind of change behind the lyrics because I never thought about what I was going to write about. It just kind of came out and then I have to look at it and then reflect after the fact you know um so as far as this album was concerned every song had its own theme um there weren't any kind of connections between the songs um lyrically uh but you know for golden fields that whole album is a journey within itself it's a whole like linear kind of story i guess um so oh is it 
Oh, yes. wait up. I've just become massively excited. I had no idea. I love it. I love a concept <laughs> record. I love yeah. it. Right. First, so, so hang on, before, before I ask questions about concept records, because it's one of my favorite things. And I love, I, I loved it when you just talked about almost like, just so I'm, I make sure I heard it correctly, like after you've created something sitting with it, to, 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 to understand it more. Is, is that kind of what, what you meant? As far as, far as like, what do you, uh, like, you mean, like, as far as like writing the lyrics, like yeah. when it's sent over. So yeah, like, I, I, for example, I'm never, if he sends over a demo, usually it's not like, oh, here are the lyrics, like I got it. Um, I think okay. one song that I kind of did that with was one that we recorded and tr ended up transforming. But I, in my opinion, I thought it was the cheesiest thing I had ever written. And I hate it in retrospect. <laughs> and <laughs> now I'll never do that again. And I think, um, you know, people who can write like that, I think it's great, you know, and, and that's, a, that's a gift in itself. But for me, I have to let that marinate and um, mm -hmm. think about like what it's making me feel. Um, you know, so things like, uh, like, uh, for example, Blossom or uh, like a Luna or something like that. There were very strong emotions that I felt when I heard, you know, the instruments for that. And I guess that's just what came out. Amazing. I think we should listen to Blossom now and then come back with a couple more questions, if that's all right. That sounds great. This is Blossom by Poeta. Um. Of course, that means I've got to hang on to my brain and remember the question that's just left my brain. Um, the the guest vocalists. That's mm -hmm. what we wanted to ask about. It's so cool that you guys have loads of guest vocalists on the record. I think that's super cool. It's something that you sort of feel like is more in the pop world as a decision. But I always think it's a shame there isn't more like guest vocal in on, on, on the rock records. How did you, um, how did that come about? I think we definitely um, wanted to work with the community bands that we play with all the time and, and okay. people that support us. So I remember that being a big, like, let's integrate um, and let's show off the talent locally. And I mean, I think Kevin was really big on, like he always had an ear for like, that person's voice is great. They would sound so cool in here, you know? Um, so I think he, he did a lot of the placing, right? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was just kind of like, you know, uh, especially when listening to the whole pro or going through the whole process of writing the lyrics, there'd be like this thing where I'm like, uh, I would like it if this happened here, because a lot of the times the lyrics are written in this kind of like conversation format anyway. So songs mm -hmm. like Archangel, that's a conversation between two people. Um, Seraph is almost like, you know, somebody penning a letter to somebody else. Um, so just like to have those kind of um the dynamic between two vocalists especially in a song that's written like a conversation i think was always mm -hmm. such a cool concept to have um and it creates this different dynamic that you don't normally get um in a song uh, that has just the one you know the main vocalist on it you know what i mean i mean sure that person could sing another person's part or you know if it, if it was like a conversation or something like that but um i just think it kind of like 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 i said i like kind of creating these scenes uh in my head when everything's happening so yeah no no that's super cool and i feel like that definitely definitely comes across um with the storytelling for me for sure amazing 
Um, you mentioned these people and this community of bands. Who, who are these other bands? As far as like working with the community bands, these were all bands that were kind of more established than we were coming out, you know, already when we were coming out. So mm. when we, we, we owe a lot to them for you know having the opportunity to play out certain shows and for example the ones you forgot uh the vocalist jenna bruno amazing vocalist they just released some stuff um they are in the process of releasing an ep and just released some new music uh incredible music um like they've had us play at a couple of their headlining shows and really gave us an opportunity to play to a, a great crowd and uh with sales ahead the same thing um love playing with them great people um sierra is such a great vocalist uh really really unique band um she features in luna uh like we mentioned before uh jt um he, he features in nine tails and he's my vocal teacher and also we jammed in bands before with him so it was just really nice to get back together with him and feature him just because I owe a lot to him as well, as far as pushing me as a vocalist, because I always had a huge respect for him when we were, you know, especially me taking over for him as a vocalist. I felt like I had huge shoes to fill because he's just an amazing vocalist. So just kind of paying respect to, to him as a person, vocalist and a teacher. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other features that we have on the record. Well, uh, actually, a feature on join the band. John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even think about it as a feature anymore because he's just in the band now. <laughs> but yeah, he featured on Seraph. I thought that was a great tune to have him feature on. And and then Carlos, uh, it's not shown on, for whatever reason, we've tried so hard to give credit where credit's due. Um, the Screams and Anxious Racing are not anyone in the band. Uh, is a gentleman by the name of Carlos. Um, he is in a band called Float Omen. And for whatever reason, we just can't get that text to show up on that that file and we've been trying for years with our record label and just for whatever reason this just hasn't been able to happen but we are still in the process and trying to make that work but yes carlos um from float omen features on anxious racing and he's an amazing vocalist and friend so uh so yeah so it's just like a bunch of community like people that we we had great times interacting with uh when we were coming up and doing our thing and, uh, you know, we just think it's such a strong community and to kind of really feature that in the best way possible, we thought was to have them be a part of our project. So Amazing. And it's that that's so cool that that kind of still exists with little local scenes, because I worry with like the um, the Internet of it all, that stuff might be disappearing. But it's really cool that that's still that's still a thing. Um, could you pick us one more song from the album to play on? Maybe one of the ones with the uh, collaborations, maybe Seraph or whatever you want? Um, yeah, do Seraph. Well, John's, John's already amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah let's, let's do like a, you know, let's, let's showcase like Luna or Ninetales, one of those two. Ninetales. Leave it up yeah. to you, whichever yeah, one you have the favorite of. Nine Tails, then it is. Right. This is Nine Tails by Poeta. Right. So I'm I'm conscious that we are we are overrunning a little bit. So um I've got a few just random questions for you guys um before we can let you go and get on with your days. Um 
first of all, the beer, the Stella Luna beer. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> so um, we've played a couple shows at Red Tank Brewery in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, our buddy Tom, who's in a band called Wave Break, another band everyone should check out. There's a lot of plugs going on here, but <laughs> he's, a, he's, a re- <laughs> he's, he's a great gentleman. Um, everybody in that band's great, but he, he manages the, the brewery. And I just thought it was, we were talking with our record label one day, we were trying to come up with really unique ideas for merchandise and just a way to kind of get us out there a little more. And, you know, we were like, everyone likes a good beer, right? You know? And so we were like, I can't, we, we came out with that. And uh, at the same, in the same breath, we were like, how about coffee as well? So we did that as well. Um, but the beer, we, I ended up talking to him and I was like, this is probably our only shot. And he was like, I've always wanted to do that with a band and collab. So we had a, a, a meeting with him and um, the owner or founder of Red Tank. And he seemed to love our whole concept for everything. And so uh basically what we did was we did like a uh, slight alteration to one of their pre-existing beers um and that was kind of like the seasonal run around that time so i think it was kind of like an Oktoberfest beer for them uh and yeah so we ended up thinking like fuck it if we're going to do the beer and we're going to release it through them let's have our whole album release show there and uh basically that was a week prior to the album coming out. So anybody who purchased the beer was able to listen to the entire album early um, before it came out the week after. Um, so, so yeah, it was just like a huge collaborative effort. Like I think everything about this album down to um, getting the, the, the feature vocalists and, and uh, doing all the merchandise and beer and the whole release, everything involved has just been one huge collaborative effort. And I couldn't think everybody has been a part of it enough for, for helping us do that yeah we um i don't know whether you guys have listened to any of our other episodes don't worry if you haven't um but we had we had a good chat a few episodes ago about how we thought that you guys were fucking nailing it like you released (laughs) an amazing album you then brought out some beer and had your album release show in a brewery like doesn't get better than this and then and then (laughs) You got cool merchandise and album cover, and then you bring out some coffee. I mean, well played. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking checkmate. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> Mike drop. Like, yeah, Mike. Yeah, like we um we look at a lot of bands on on his show, and like every any other band who's listening, just just make make some notes because this is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Fair play, fair play. Um, right, guys, um, getting towards the the end now, really. But um, what are your plans for this year? What have you got on the horizon? Well, we got some acoustic stuff coming out next next week, so we're dropping a few nice. acoustic singles, like reimagined versions of our songs, and piano is on there and stuff, which is really nice. Uh, there's two covers within that acoustic album, so the, the whole album should be out by March, but we're dropping a single every every week until then. Then we're doing a uh, a full band cover, which is going to come out soon. And uh, hopefully we're going to get some singles out this year, too, of original stuff. Yeah, aside awesome. from that, we just have some we just want to play as much as possible. Um, we have a bunch of shows coming up 
Well, we have a show at House of Independence in Asbury Park. Um, it's Palisades' last show. That's sold out within like an hour of them putting the tickets up live. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be really exciting. And um, yeah, and just trying to fill out fill out the summer and uh, just keep writing. We're uh, we've been cooking some stuff up for the next album, so we just want to keep keep moving with that. And uh, there's been a lot going on, so it's been pretty easy to stay busy and. There's always something to do. There's always something to work on. So um, you're never really just like left in the dark. Or there's always there's always some path to go down to figure something out. So as long as everyone stays in that uh, like motivated mindset, um, the ball just keeps rolling. So that's where we're at. Nice. Um, so as you know, you, you guys were my top album of last year. So thank you for releasing Appreciate Stella you. Luna. Absolute banger. Thank you. Thank um, you for listening. And we wish you all the success so then you can maybe come over to the UK. Um, we can come and uh, watch you guys play. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat to us. Um, and uh, have you got any kind of uh, last words before we properly say our goodbyes last words last words bleak, we're not it? we're not gonna kill you that's not something <laughs> i press a button on my keyboard that's not it's oh, not what this is no that just came um so i guess what i would say is first of all thank you for having us um thanks Pleasure. for listening and thanks for putting such a spotlight on the album we really appreciate it and it means the world to us um second of all is just you know if if you haven't heard the album definitely give it a listen give all our stuff a listen and definitely be on the lookout for the new stuff that's coming out especially these um lampshade sessions as we call them uh that are coming out which are the uh reimagined versions of some of the tunes off of the new record Stella luna so and that would that would probably be it yeah thank you you guys are honestly good questions good job with that stuff yeah i mean that was awesome some of the questions from other people aren't aren't as engaging so that was excellent <laughs> thank you yes thank that's you guys good for having us much appreciated that's, oh absolute pleasure um yeah those questions were brought to you by um adhd and, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and all of my other neurodiversity so yeah good times good fucking times and um, thank you so much for joining us and yeah look forward to um hearing your stuff soon all will probably be out by the time this comes out so go check that out now listeners excellent thank you thank you very much thank you thank you guys all right what a band good lads good lads good times very like um what can i say they feel like they've got their like heads shit screwed on shit together yeah shit together feet on the ground like like it's all it's all happening i yeah like these are one these these are a classic band that like it annoys me that they're not bigger yeah furious literally furious it makes it yes well i don't know why but it makes no sense because they they have all the things more things than some of the others <laughs> more, the, more than most of the others <laughs> yeah and i don't know tell all your friends i guess that's um and we do episode on them and that's all we can do to help really buy some merch that's normally what they want <laughs> buy merch just listen to like seriously i know i keep banging on about it but listen to stella luna especially mm-hmm. it is just 
insanely good. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't find out what the fucking concept was for the other one. Don't worry. That's homework, ladies and gentlemen. I'll do some homework. I'll listen to the other one and figure out what the story is. And then I'll tell everyone another one of our um, nonsense episodes. Sorry, unplanned fun episodes. And uh, yeah, we can, I'll, I'll explain all that later somehow. I've just realized something else that we could have asked. Yeah, it's, it's bad doing that. You shouldn't do the research after the interview. This is not no. good. No, but I, I mean, I've just, we are professionals I've, after all. I've just remembered that they are on the Welcome to Swancore playlist. Oh, fuck yes. We, we should have oh, asked about that. Oh, well, never no, mind. We'll never find out what Swancore is. <laughs> no, we will never. Look, look, I guess maybe just some things it's better not knowing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Swancore. Um, right then, we uh, how are we getting out of this one? Have we got um, have we got to do the 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 notices? Yeah, let's just. I haven't got my um my sound effects board in front of me, so let's just um smash our way through them. Old school, um, is it? All right, I'll, I'll 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 tell you what we'll do. I'll throw a thing at you, and you give a a tiny little blurb about what that thing is. I'm um, great. I'm on it. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Discord. Get on it. Find some friends. That's how podcasts work. There's a whole community, lovely people, get together, chat about the good old days and the good new days, meet some friends. Who knows? Maybe you'll all become lovers in a big pool of love. <laughs> no? <laughs> too far. <laughs> Did I go too far? <laughs> uh, uh, Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Um, Matt got some abuse recently on Instagram, so come onto our Instagram account and fight with My Chemical Romance fans. Um, it's a fun place. We post stuff, silly things. That's when you know what we're up to, what's going on, and Matt loves a cheeky little message that isn't abuse. So play nice. Fun abuse. Bants allowed, not like actual abuse. Uh, merch. We're still saving up for this fucking hoodie. I'm not going to lie, it's not getting Ooh. any closer. <laughs> Someone put some money in the tip jar, but I haven't got in front of me who it was, but thank you to oh. that person. Oh, yeah, we got a tip jar too. So we we are trying to get enough for, for, to buy a hoodie of our own things. Um, a, friend, so a, a person I won't name texted me today and said, can I wear my emo dad t-shirt on a date? And I said, yes, you can. This as is long how... as it's not a, a My Chemical Romance gig. <laughs> would be my advice <laughs> yeah so we've learned that that's a place we might not be welcome but everywhere else school pickup line hanging out with your friends at the cemetery whatever you do emo dad <laughs> emo mum t-shirt um yeah like you know make some friends to talk about emo music uh yeah um so that was, that was that and that and then, and then uh, email address. You like to plug the email address. I, I never really know why. One day someone's going to send us an email and it's going to make my life. You see, I'm quite old school these days. See, I'd love it. You know what I'd really love? I, my dream, right, is to have a post box. Should we set up a... an email dad PO post box? box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 
P.O. Box 666 or something. You know what I mean? Like real, like, like get some sort of comedy thing and like people could send us like actual mail and then we could read it out on the show. And then you could have like actual like that's sound effects of paper. Yeah, that's the dream, man. Like, like fucking whatever, Saturday night, Saturday morning TV where you could open the physical post bag and pull out <laughs> a question or something. So yeah, that's that, that's my dream. That's why I like the email account, the dust email account, emodadpodcast at gmail.com. Go on, send me an email. Just, that's the one. Just someone send him an email. Like there must be someone <laughs> listening to this that's sitting at a computer, right? Or no, on your phone, obviously. You can send emails by phones, right? These days, can you do that? Yeah, that, that is a feature they've had for right. 20 years. Open up your little mail, Dubri, what's it? <laughs> emodadpodcast at gmail.com subject line to james yeah or just yeah, james yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and then just just you can just literally write nothing and just press send that's yeah. enough that's all like you know or, or suggest a song or tell me what the name of your cat is honestly i'll take anything we won't add you point. to a mailing list because we don't have one we don't yeah we don't do yeah exactly we don't so we're do not going to start spamming you <laughs> No, we and yeah, we might not even reply. Just, <laughs> just put that out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to reply if someone actually emails. Oh no, no, I will, I will, I will, I will reply if someone sends me an email. Yeah, but um, it might just be a smiley face or something. But yeah, I will reply. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, I think that's it, isn't it? Is that yeah, all the stuff? It. Yeah, that's the stuff. What What are we going to go out with? We don't know what we went in with because we haven't done that bit yet. Well, let's just do um, a po- another Poeta song, I reckon. Yeah. Shall we Checks do... notes. We haven't done Anxious Racing yet. I like that. No. Uh, what are we going to go in with that they'll have already heard? Um, um, Stella? Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 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 Thanks for getting this far. Um... I've been James. I've been Matt. And this is Anxious Racing by Poeta. <laughs>